We start in the very first feast that Israel celebrates, and we're going to look at tonight, is the Passover feast. It's the most important of all feasts. All of the other feasts have pictures of the Passover in it, and we're going to see that as we go through. During the Passover, there's also the Feast of Unleavened Bread. We'll see that this evening. And also, there is First Fruits. And we'll talk about the Feast of First Fruits a little bit tonight. So those make up, in a sense, one feast of Passover. Those celebrations, Unleavened Bread and First Fruits, all happen during that. And then we go down to Pentecost, which is how many days after Passover? Fifty days. Okay, 50 days after Passover is Pentecost. And uh, that, that's the next celebration on the calendar. And then we go, go all the way. This is spring. So we'll go all the way here to fall, and we get to the next uh, celebration, which is the Feast of Trumpets in the Day of Atonement. We're going to see about that. And in a sense, the Day of Atonement happens during the Feast of Trumpets. And then after that's the Feast of Tabernacles, and then the Feast of Hanukkah, and then we're back up to Passover. Last week, we said in Jesus' ministry, he was involved in how many Passovers? Three. Very good. He was involved in three Passovers. And so we're going to be looking as we go through the book of John, we're going to see three different Passovers. So we're going to look at this first Passover, actually not tonight, actually more next week, but to understand this first Passover, we've got to understand the first Passover. Okay? So take your Bibles, turn back to the book of Exodus where the, the Passover was established by God. Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12. And so to understand what Jesus and his disciples are involved in in John, we have to go back to Exodus chapter 12. Now, before we get there and uh, before we look at uh, the significance of Passover, three primary factors. Let's just open our study in prayer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can open the Word of God and we can study it together. Father, I, I pray that this time that we spend together would be, uh, Lord, an opportunity for us to learn, but also an opportunity for us to apply some things to our own walk with you. Lord, the Passover celebration that we're going to talk about tonight has all been fulfilled in you. And so, Lord, I pray tonight that we would understand the importance of this Passover feast to the people of Israel and then how in your ministry you were involved in this feast. It's in your name we pray. Amen. There's three primary factors that I want to point out to you before we look here in Exodus chapter 12 about the, first, the Passover. First of all, it's deliverment from judgment. It's deliverment from or deliverance from judgment through the Lamb. It's deliverance from judgment. Now remember, remember where are the people of Israel in Exodus chapter 12? They're in Egypt, and they've been there how long? For about over 400 years, they've, they've been there. And during this time, it's been a very tough time for them. They're, they're living in bondage. They're making bricks. And Pharaoh has made them make bricks from less and less straw. He's been just horrendous to them. And uh, all kinds of things have happened to them during this time here in Israel. So this first Passover is going to be deliverance from judgment 
through the Lamb. The second thing, it's going to be deliverance from the enemy. It's going to be deliverance. So that the first one, deliverance from judgment, really represents salvation. Deliverance, because when we get saved, when you come to that point in your life and you say, Lord, I accept you as my Savior, I accept your finished work that you did on Calvary for me, at that moment, you're delivered from what? Eternal judgment. And so the first thing about the first Passover, it was deliverance from judgment. It was salvation, a picture of salvation. The second thing was deliverance from the enemy. That represents sanctification. Because on a daily basis, I have to be what? I've got to be delivered from my enemy, Satan, who is moving to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. And so it's a picture of deliverance from the enemy. And they're going to be delivered from their enemy in a great way here at this first Passover. And then it's deliverance to enter the land. It's deliverance to enter the land. Though it's not going to happen for quite a while, it's going to be some wandering in the wilderness. They're going to leave Egypt, and in their leaving, God promises them what? Land. He's already promised it to them. Back in Genesis, it's going to be fulfilled once they get out of Egypt. So, it's the forecast of the destination of the occupation of their promised land. So those three things are important. In the first Passover, let's look here in Genesis, and excuse me, Exodus chapter 12, and uh, let's begin to read Exodus 12. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. And so the very first thing is a new beginning. This Passover represents a new beginning for the people of Israel. In fact, he's saying to them, listen, I know that you guys have had your own calendar. You've, in a sense, you've been living off the calendar of Egypt. But for you as a people, this is going to be a brand new beginning. This is going to be the start for you. That's why the start of all feasts, really the first is, is Nisan. And let me, the next one is a little bit clearer. Um, so over here, it's on your left. It's the month of Nisan for the Israelites. And that's, the, in a sense, the start of their year because it's a religious year it's the start of their religious year is with passover so for them this represented a brand new beginning a brand new way to look at their calendar and for israel passover is the beginning of their religious feast again people of israel their whole year is is based on their feast okay and so for them it's a new beginning it's a new start and for them, every time a Passover came, it's a what? It's a new beginning. And you know what the neat thing about this is? When you come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior, when you believe the Passover lamb is yours personally, you have a what? I'm sorry. I can't get so excited. You have a new beginning. That's right. The Bible says it's a new beginning. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become what? New. Passover was new. It was a representation of new. This was a new beginning for them. And just a picture of salvation. You're going to see that in a moment. And for us, salvation is a new beginning. All Everything's gone in the past. That's the great thing. You know, when somebody comes to Jesus Christ, no matter what they've done in the past, man, just like that, it's wiped away. One of my favorite things that my kids used to play with when they were little was the Etch-A-Sketch. You guys remember those? You know, you'd, you'd put all that stuff on it, and all you'd do is shake it. And you know, that's just like it is with us, man. We have all this junk, 
and we come to know Jesus Christ and he shakes it and what? It's all gone, just like that. And so it was a representation. And that's what he says here. This is going to be a new beginning for you guys. It's going to start. Your, the month of Nisan is going to be the start of your religious uh, celebration. The second thing I want you to hear, see, is a lamb selected. So he says, speak unto ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, in the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers. A lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbors next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. The next thing, a lamb is selected. In the face of immediate judgment, God commanded his people to select the lamb. Every family was to go and select the lamb. And uh, if you didn't have a lamb, you were then to what? Join together with who? Your neighbors. In the sense that night would be a night of fellowship with your neighbors. You would all come together. And I think it's interesting that right from the beginning, the first in a sense, religious celebration for Israel was something that was not only done with families, but sometimes families joined together in this celebration. And uh, that, that's just an interesting thing for me. The, the third thing I want you to see is the lamb was scrutinized in verses 5 and 6. Let me back up and just, I want, I want you to look at one thing. Every man, according to the last of verse 4, every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. What he's saying there is you're going to choose a lamb. You're going to, you're going to see about that lamb in just a minute. You're going to take that lamb out. You're going to sacrifice it. You're going to do something with the blood. But that lamb is going to be roasted, and every person in your house is going to do what? Eat of that lamb. Every person of that house is going to eat of that lamb. And if two houses joined together, that lamb was going to what? Provide for what? Two houses. That means every person of both of those houses at the Passover meal, they were going to eat of that sacrificed lamb. And, and it's interesting. Let's think about when we do the Lord's Supper up here. What do we do? What do we picture? When we eat the cracker, we what? We picture the broken body of Jesus Christ. Where did it get its start? It got its start all the way back here with the Passover lamb when they were what? That Passover lamb was going to be their salvation. And they were what? They were partaking of that Passover lamb. So when we do communion, let me tell you, communion has its roots all the way back in the feast of Israel right here in Passover. A lot of, a lot of things we do in the church today still have its roots in, Passover, in the Passover celebration. So they're the, they select the lamb, and then the lamb is to be scrutinized in verses 5 and 6. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation shall kill it in the evening. So you keep this lamb, lamb for one week. You're making sure it's a pure lamb. You're making sure it's without blemish. Again, what is that a picture of? It's a picture of Jesus Christ who will become the what? The perfect lamb. He was without spot or blemish. The Bible says that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Roman government, they could find nothing wrong with him, could they? Like they had to bring it to a vote of the people because they're, you know, as far as they were concerned, he was innocent. 
He was a lamb without spot or blemish. So here's that picture of that. And they were to take that lamb. Remember, everybody was to take their lamb, and what were they to do? They were to kill it on the 14th day. So you have this lamb that was scrutinized, and next you have the lamb that was slain. And they shall take, in verse 7, of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the house where they shall eat it. So that first there back in, in Egypt, as the Israelites sacrificed their lamb, they brought it and they would take the, we've learned this in Sunday school, they would take that blood and they would put it on three places. Where? On the right-hand side, on the middle, and then on the left-hand side. And what did that picture? The cross. It was a picture of the cross. Again, here we have a picture of what is yet to come. So here we have a picture of the cross in the Passover um, celebration here in this first Passover. So we have a lamb that was slain, and then we have a lamb that is sufficient. Because um, in verse 8, And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roasted with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. And so that night, again as it says in verse 4, and here again eat, uh, again in verse 8, all of those families, what are they going to do? They're going to eat it. They're going to eat of that lamb. So after the blood was put on, you know, and this is the, th this is the thing to think about that we don't really think about. While the people of Egypt were going through this horrendous night of losing their firstborn, what were God's people doing? They were celebrating. They were, that's, that's what they were doing. They were celebrating. They were celebrating what God, in a sense, was doing for them. This was a celebration uh, feast that, they were, that we were setting forth. And so they were having fellowship. It was a time of fellowship, a time of rest in the insurance of the lamb, that this lamb we've sacrificed, this lamb that we've put the blood on the door, that that's going to be our salvation. That's where we can find our rest and our peace in that. And then and we'll come back and we'll talk about the unleavened bread and the bitter herbs in a, little bit, a little bit later. And then verse 13, there was the lamb that was saving. And uh, down to verse 13 it says, um, we'll start with verse 12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the house where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. This was a lamb of salvations. God's word was comfort. God's lamb delivered them from judgment, just like salvation delivers us from judgment. And then look at verse, the second part of verse 14. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and ye shall keep it a feast of the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall keep it a feast by ordinance for how long? For everlasting, forever. That's why Jewish people today still celebrate Passover. Because God said, listen, you're going to celebrate this for what? Forever. Now, we'll, we'll get into to talking more about the, the feast as they celebrate it today. But he's saying that, listen, this is, a, this is a suggestion. This has some prophetic, prophetic overtones 
that flow from this, that they're commanded to keep it forever. And um, so, Passover was not going to be an isolated occurrence. This was going to be an ongoing celebration for the people of Israel. That's why we find in John chapter 2, where we are, Jesus attending Passover. Now, five predominant activities that took place in these this eight-day celebration of Passover. That's how long it lasted. It lasted eight days, and there were five prominent things that you need to realize uh, that, that were happening during the time of Jesus. Okay? Um, so the first, the, first, the first thing was the Paschal Lamb and the Seder. Um, the most dominant part of the Seder celebration was the, the Lamb. All Israelites were represented in the sacrifice and covered by its atoning properties. So, let's go back to John chapter 12 and realize what are Jesus and his disciples going to be doing as they arrive at the city of Jerusalem? And everybody else is. Because in a sense, they represent their own family now, and you see that as they move from feast to feast. So what are they going to do? What are they going to have to do? They're going to have to go get a lamb, aren't they? They're going to have to go get a lamb. And uh, so they're going to have to go and purchase a lamb. And as we get into, into John, go back there, John chapter 12, and that helps us to maybe understand a little bit why... Where's John at? Can't find it now. Because the first thing we see as we read John chapter 12, Two here in verse 14. And found in the temple those that sold the oxen, the sheep, and the doves, and the changers of money, setting. So if I'm traveling from Capernaum or I'm traveling somewhere, you know, to come up to Jerusalem, it's going to be hard to travel with what? A lamb. Now, some people would bring their lamb, others would wait till they get there. And do what? Purchase their lamb. So why, why is there these people selling at the temple? Because people are going to what? They're going to purchase. And the second thing is if I'm coming from a different part of Israel, there were different um, money, monies used in different parts of Israel. And so when I got to the city of Jerusalem, I'm going to need to what? If, let's think about this. If I'm going to travel to France, one of the first things I'm probably going to do when I get to France is what? I'm going to exchange my money so I can purchase things when I'm there. When people came to, to Jerusalem for these celebrations, they often would have to exchange their money. So why is it that Jesus gets so upset at these money changers? Yeah, they're doing it in the temple, but even more so, you know what they're doing? They're charging absorbent prices to exchange the money. They're robbing his people. They're coming to make sacrifices. And you know what these people are doing? They're using the Passover celebration for themselves to make money. And you know what? God hates it when we take religion and we turn it into profit. And that's what they're doing. And that's what really upsets him. You know, really the, the scene is not 
wrong in and of itself because outside of the temple often there would be money changers often there would be people selling because of the celebration and the need for these animals for sacrifice because in that eight days of celebration there's going to be other sacrifices but the thing here that upset him so much was they were charging exorbitant prices for this they were ripping off his people who had to buy what you had to buy a lamb because that was part. You had to buy these, these things to sacrifice. That was part of the celebration. But listen, you know, if I come and I'm getting ripped off, it's just like, you know, we, we've seen recently, not so much here, but remember when they had the floods in Louisiana and people were selling what? Water for absorbent prices. And, and that's what was really happening here in this situation. And so when we understand all of the animals that had to be purchased and the exchange of money, that's what really upset Jesus here. We'll talk about that a little bit more in just a minute. So they've come for the, uh, the Seder, for the celebration. Uh, the, the most important part here was the sacrifice of the lamb. And um, the second thing was the unleavened bread. For seven days, beginning on the night of Passover, Jews ate unleavened bread. It was the bread of new life. Um, Egyptians' leaven had been searched out and destroyed. So uh, I think here, I, I think in the cleansing of the temple, the cleansing of these people who are ripping him off is again a picture just like the Jewish people would do what? They would go through their house, they would search out all the leaven, and they would literally cast the leaven. They would, and what's the leaven a picture of? Sin. They would literally cast it out of their house because during those seven days, you don't want any leaven in your house at all. So when Jesus gets to the temple and he finds these people, these sinful people, full of leaven, ripping off his, his worshipers, what does he do? He does the same thing that everybody else, every other Jewish person is doing in their home. They are finding leaven and they're casting it out. They're casting it out. And so what does Jesus do? He finds the leaven in the temple and he does what? He scourges it. He casts it out of the temple. So there's, there's a tremendous picture here, a tremendous typology that we find here in Jesus casting these sinners out of the temple. Everybody else in the city of Jerusalem, every other Jewish person that night is casting leaven out of their house. And here we have Jesus casting what? Leaven out of what? His house out of the temple. Again, when you relate it to the celebration that's going on, it even really makes sense. So what Jesus is doing, what everybody's doing here as he's casting out this unleavened bread. And you'll see here unleavened bread because they would eat unleavened bread as part of the Passover. And the night before that, in preparation, they would be looking for all the leaven and getting it out of the house. So that was the second... Um, the thing that was really important about that. And um, the, the other thing I want to go back and, and just mention to you again, when we think about bread, and bread is often important in Scripture. Jesus is known as the bread of life, so we have a, light of, a lot of typology in bread. When we go back to the first Passover in Exodus chapter um, 12, it's interesting that Jesus pictures Israel the same thing. He, in a sense, just like he was casting out the leaven, in some ways he took Israel and separated them from Egypt. And the Bible says he made them of a new lump and a new bread themselves. And so there was the sense of separation. He was celebrating with them the, the separation of life and liberty. 
and divine destiny. The third thing, the, the third thing was first fruits. And uh, this was something, this was part of the Jewish, uh, the Passover celebration. And this, this was national repentance for sin. That's what the first fruits represented. About halfway through that week of Passover, uh, there was a national observance that was held. The priests from the temple were sent out into a designated field across the Kidron Valley. And there they were instructed to reap the first sheaves of the new barley harvest, which had been carefully chosen. And then the priest, through a prescribed ritual, they would bring it back to the temple, the ripened grain, uh, the following day, and it was waved before the Lord as a service of dedication or a thanksgiving offering to the Lord. So this was part, it was called the first fruits, it was giving the Lord what? The first fruits of the nation. So that's what this represented. It represented, God, we're saying that we're worshiping you and we're going to give you our best. Again, this is in the spring of the year. This is when their barley had just come in. And so they would not take any barley from their fields until Passover. Because they wanted to offer God the first fruits at the temple. Um, it was, again, part of their celebration. Um, 1 Corinthians 15.20 says that Jesus was the first what? First fruit. The resurrection. He was the first fruit. He was the first to be resurrected, and someday we will be just like Him. So we have first fruits. The next is the burnt offering. The burnt offering, which was uh, throughout the week, um, they were to bring other sacrifices. Now, in preparation for Passover, everybody brought a lamb, but throughout the week, they were to bring other sacrifices. Go back to Leviticus, or to back to, um, to uh, go to Le Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 1. Leviticus is God giving instruction about the different feasts and about the uh, religious laws. And the Lord called on Moses and spake unto him out of the tabernacle of the congregation, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, If any man of you bring an offering unto the Lord, ye shall bring your offering of the cattle, even of the herd and of the flock. And in his offering be a burnt sacrifice of the herd. Let him offer a male without blemish. So he's saying, listen, if you bring a, you're going to bring a sacrifice, it should be a male, it should be without blemish, it should be a cattle. But what if you didn't have cattle? What if you couldn't afford cattle? Then he gives instruction for sheep. What if I couldn't afford a sheep? Well, then he gives instruction for the birds, the fowl, in, in verse 14. So this is a really some instruction that he gives us, and we won't take the time to re read all Leviticus 1, but just know that everybody had to bring a personal sacrifice. So go back and think about it. First of all, we have this sacrifice that represented your whole family or two or three families together. That was the what? What was that animal? A lamb. Everybody had to give a lamb. Then Throughout that seven-day or that eight-day celebration, sometime within that eight-day celebration, every person individually would have to bring a sacrifice to the temple also. So again, now you understand why, what, what do we have at the temple? We have people selling what? Animals, because we're not just talking about one sacrifice. We're talking about a lot of sacrifices. 
that go on during this eight-day celebration. Lots of blood is shed during Passover. Lots of blood is shed during the Passover season because not only is the family or two families or three families representing the lamb, but the, everybody brings a personal sacrifice to be a burnt offering uh, that, that you have to offer to the Lord. And that was a picture, again, of substitution. A picture of substitution. That sacrifice that you brought, that's, that was sacrificed on the altar, that was killed on the altar, and its blood was spread. For you individually, that was a picture of that animal. In a sense, it's blood covering your sin. So, picture of substitution. There was the burnt offering sacrifice that happened during the eight days. There was also the peace offering that happened. The peace offering laid before the land of Passover, uh, uh, laid before the Lord Passover, was an expression of joy and fellowship. Uh, the offering itself is described in Leviticus chapter three and Leviticus chapter seven. Um, it was always to be the final offering brought by the worshippers of the festive season. Usually, about day seven or eight, you would bring the peace offering, um, and it was usually some form of baked good. So what would you do as a Jewish person? You would have some form of a baked good that you would make and you would bring that to the temple and you would offer it to the Lord at the temple. And that offering wasn't a picture of death. That, oxer, that was a picture of what? Life. That, that offering, that peace offering was a picture that now that we've gone through this celebration, now that our sins have been covered, we now have what? Peace with God. So it's neat. It starts off with a blood sacrifice and it works its way through these different sacrifices until the end of the week. Now I have what? I have peace with God. So the last offering I bring is a peace offering. Now, we, we say all that in view of all of these multiple of activities that are going on that we just talked about. That's what's going on here in John chapter 2. All of those things are going on amongst Jesus and his disciples and amongst all of the town of Jerusalem is in the midst of this huge celebration. A lot of blood being sacrificed, a lot of offerings being given to the Lord. And uh, I, I want to read this as I close. And I think this is really a good explanation of what would have been going on. It says, the first Passover recorded in John's Gospel can be reconstructed. On the night of the 13th of Nisan, those were, there were reasonable, um, they, excuse me, those who were responsible for preparing the room where the Lord and His disciples would share the Seder joined other Jewish households in the annual search for leaven. Men with small candles in hand went through the house looking for anything that held the defining substance. All leaven found by the searchers were laid aside awaiting the signal to burn it. The exact time this was done was determined through the um, disposition of two leaven loaves placed by the priest on a bench in one of the porches at the temple. When the first one was removed, the people were, abstained, uh, were to abstain from eating leaven. With the disappearance of the second, the burning of the leaven was to begin. In the late afternoon of the 14th of Nisan, 
Following the slaying of the evening sacrifice, about 2.30 p.m., men buried their lambs gathered at the temple. Jesus' disciples, or quite possibly two of them, joined the dense crowd moving toward the court of the priest in anticipation of the service. Inside, white-robed priests and Levites made ready to receive the worshipers. Pilgrims were divided into three sections and ushered into the court according to their divisions. Upon entering, the massive uh, Nicor gates were closed behind them, and three, a threefold blast from the priest's trumpets signaled the commencement of the ceremony. The lambs were slain by the worshipers and were arranged in two rows across the court, and the blood caught in the golden bowls held by the priests standing before them. It was passed up to the altar for application and pouring. While the sacrifices were being made, Levites lifted their voices in singing of the Halah. The Halah is composed of Psalms 113 through 118. Space prohibits an examination of full text of the psalm, but the reader, we should become familiar with that. Psalms 113 is a song of praise to Jehovah. The next celebration, Israel deliverance from idols. Psalms 116 gives praise for deliverance from death. Psalms 117 and 118 raise thanksgiving to the Lord, saving goodness. The immense prophetic implications resident in the Hela, which also sung in all Jewish homes at the close of Seder, will be considered when we observe how Jesus employed them. We'll see that as we look at that just a little bit later. Worshippers joined in the singing by repeating the first line of each psalm and then interjecting praise responses at designating places in the passage. As the singing reached the climatic words of 118, the disciples, priests, and people intoned in unison three lines of the closing section. Here's the last thing they sung. Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. When the singing died away, the lambs were washed and the portion to be offered on the altar separated and prepared for burning. The representatives of Jesus and their, and, the, and their followers then departed the temple carrying the lamb on a staff between them toward the place where it would be roasted and brought to the Passover table. All was ready when Jesus and his followers climbed the steps to the room in which they would gather around the lamb and partake of the initial Passover feast of his public ministry. Sort of a picture of what Jesus and his disciples would have gone through together as they would have gotten their lamb, they would have cleaned out the leaven from where they were going to have this feast, or, and then they would have come and they would have participated in the Passover celebration at the temple. Their lamb would have been burnt and uh, sacrificed, the blood poured on the altar, and then at that point afterwards... All of those lambs would have been taken and finally cooked, and they would have carried that lamb then to celebrate the Passover meal together. So that helps us to understand the first Passover, but that's not all that happened in that first Passover. Next week we'll look at, there were a lot of things that happened during this first Passover. In fact, there is a visitor who shows up sometime during this Passover to talk to Jesus. We'll call him the night visitor. And we'll find out about him next week. The night visitor who attended the first Passover. 
So thank you. Let's pray, and uh, it will be dismissed. Father, Lord, we do thank you for this night. We thank you for just the Passover lamb, Father, and, and how that you are the final Passover lamb. Lord, that today we don't have to go through all these ceremonies and all of these um, feasts, Lord, that when you died on the cross for our sin, all of these feasts were fulfilled. Yet, Lord, they are such an important part of your ministry. Everything that we see you do in the book of John, it seems like, has its ties to a feast. And so, Lord, help us as we study this book that, Lord, your story comes alive to us as we understand you and your disciples as they moved through your ministry in these short uh, two and a half years, Father, that we're looking at in the book of John. I pray these things in your name. Amen. Thank you. You are dismissed.